Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, welcome to another session insha'Allah ta'ala this week entitled Ramadan and moon sightings, some important considerations. And uh, with you in the studio today, alhamdulillah myself, Brother Surah Durehi and Sheikh Riyan. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Riyan. Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Lovely to have you with us here today. Alhamdulillah. It's lovely to be here. Alhamdulillah. Look, it is an important topic. Um, it's a contentious one. Um, Ramadan is a mere number of days away, probably about a week away or so. Um, unfortunately, we find year in, year out, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, especially online in the community as well. Um, with a lot of people. Um, yeah, showing confusion, angst um, uh, because of the implications of fasting or starting the month of Ramadan on different days to, and, and you know it affects families, it affects people, people discuss evidences, others just want unity right, there's a lot of really sincerity in the discussion and inshallah ta'ala today we want to try um, highlight some of the really important issues and the considerations that uh, you know the Muslim community can go away from inshallah ta'ala um, and, you know, it is an important topic, as we mentioned. We don't want, you know, the month of Ramadan is a blessed month and we want to enter the blessed month um, in a state of, you know, knowledge and unity and uh, based on ilm, and, right? And we don't want to do it based on confusion and misguidance or ignorance. So it, it's really important from our aspect. Um, so our talk today, inshallah ta'ala, is going to be um, about the different types of sightings, right? Um, or the different type of methodologies utilized by classical scholars as well as the arguments put forward to today by um, Sheikh organizations, groups around the world, online, offline, etc. So we will get into some of those details as well. Um, but we'll also talk about the grand scheme of things, right? Because this isn't a new discussion as we mentioned before. It's, a, it's one that's been had for a long time. So inshallah ta'ala we want to take a step back and say, okay, how should we as a Muslim community holistically look at this, right? What, what are the large ramifications as an ummah moving forward and how should we progress on this topic inshallah ta'ala um, uh, so look I'll, I'll first put it to yourself um, um, in your view and your consideration how should we best view this discussion and this topic in light of you know the brotherhood and, and, and the blessed month of Ramadan and the varying opi opinions that, that okay. are out there alright bismillah rahman rahim alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah uh, barakallah fikum uh, Sudad for your very um, detailed introduction and you're right you're absolutely right the month of Ram Ramadan is just around the corner it's going to be late next week inshallah um, and it's a time that we are excited about the month of Ramadan coming so we have that really pos these positive feelings about the month of Ramadan coming um, but at the same time we see year in year out um, this discussion within the community amongst our family members um, about uh, moon sighting, right? So it's something that's very topical. It's something that um, we're all going to be discussing in the next few days. Uh, so I think it's important for us to um, to highlight the important points that are to be considered with regards to the moon sighting um, and how we should view it from an Islamic perspective. Now, I want to preface this discussion first and foremost by saying that you know, difference of opinion within the Ummah has always existed. It existed during the time of the companions. It has existed in our history of Islam. And this difference of opinion has been informed by the Quran and the Sunnah. Right? So it was about the scholars within the dhanni matters, within the speculative matters, performing ijtihad, the process of exhortation of effort to derive a ruling from the Quran and Sunnah. Um, coming up with certain conclusions and differing with each other with regards to the results that they came with. Um, but an important point as well for us to emphasize is that their differences of opinion were based on evidences, were based on the Quran and the Sunnah. And so it's very important to first of all establish that when we are going to present an Islamic position or when the mujtahid is presenting an Islamic position it needs to have a basis from the Quran and the Sunnah and obey Allah and obey the Messenger and so any 
sort of discussion about any Islamic concept or any Islamic um, terminology, ibadah, needs to be based first and foremost on our scriptural texts, the Quran and the Sunnah. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that by us having this discussion, it's by no means uh, denigrating or discrediting uh, legitimate differences of opinion because they existed. And that's a very important factor here, right? Ex because exactly. It, 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 yeah. it goes back to how the Muslims view other Muslims that's with, right. with different opinions, right? That's right. And, you know, and, and these sorts of discussions amongst the scholars needs to be done in a, an atmosphere of brotherhood, in an atmosphere of ta'awun ala al-birri wa taqwa that we are uh, enjoining in, in goodness and in righteousness. And it's, it's done in the context of trying to arrive at at the truth essentially and so this is how we should view it so by no means when we discuss this topic because sometimes uh, it is like you said earlier it's a very sensitive topic you know sometimes we discuss with family members uh, or with friends colleagues at work and uh, you know the issue of moon signing will come up and perhaps you know one person will have a different position to another person and that then leads to animosity etc no this this should not be the case um, if these positions are based on valid ijtihad, like for example, you follow the Hanafi madhab, I follow the Shafi'i madhab, and the way we pray may be slightly different at certain points. Um, but at the end of the day, we are brothers in Islam, and any such discussion should be uh, within this life. And they were centered around rewards anyway. I mean, the result and effect based on the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, you know, the, the, the Prophet Sallallahu said, if ajtahada, the if the mujtahid performs ijtihad for asab and he gets it correct, then he gets two rewards. And if he doesn't get it right, then he gets one reward. So either way, the mujtahid is exerting his effort and is arriving at a certain decision based on what he believes to be the truth. Okay, so let me get yeah. this straight, right? So, we'll, so the hadith of the Prophet is saying, if a qadi, if a mujtahid, if a scholar qualified using the correct Islamic usul, Right, performs in ishtihad and he gets it right, which he won't know until the day of judgment. So, if he gets it right, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him two rewards. And if he still did his absolute best, with you know, maintaining himself within the bounds of the shara itself and the usul and the principles, then he gets and he got it wrong. You're absolutely he correct, he gets one reward. You're absolutely correct. And I think you highlighted a very important point here, which is it needs to be based on these usuli principles. That's right. Right? And so this has been a long part of our tradition. It's been developed by our scholars. Um, you know, at the time of the Prophet, Sallam, up until this day, we have books that have been written in the science of usul al-fiqh. We have one of the earliest, Imam Shafi'i, he wrote the Risala. You had Imam Haramain al-Juwaini, who wrote Waraqat and Al-Burhan, Imam Ghazali, Mustasfa afterwards, and other scholars have developed these great works of Usul al-Fiqh. Now, I think this is a very important point. Why? Because um, a lot of our discussion, or a lot of the community discussion, uh, let's put it that way, is centered around perhaps interpreting these texts in a way which is not adhering to those Usuli principles, which will explore a bit later on inshallah as part and of a beautiful discussion. point if i can just add as yes. well by extension of that hadith if the scholars are rewarded either twice or singular for their effort then us army followers right the the the, the followers that imitate the scholars in their ishtihad of course we're not going to be in a position of sin for following either one of those opinions that's correct right? we're rewarded also that's correct and so this becomes the hukum for us to follow and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge us upon that decision to follow a single hukum up until the day of judgment and we get the reward either way so if the scholar who makes the most mistake or doesn't arrive at it correctly he's rewarded then for us laymen who aren't um you know well versed in the outcome then for us is a reward but the condition as we mentioned is that we follow an ishtihadi opinion right not arai based on expediency um ease desire or anything else like that okay Excellent. okay and i think Never that's it also as well just at the end when you were describing um the basis upon which we make our decisions um oftentimes because this is a very sensitive topic because we have some members of the family that may be 
um, starting Ramadan at a different time to a, another group of family members, it can be the source of tension and, and, and conflict. But at the end of the day, we have to also ask ourselves, is emotion the basis of how we decide something to be truth or falsehood? And again, going back to our principles, everything is going back to the Quran and Sunnah. Yeah, so obviously, right. look, all of us would love to have you know, uh, Eid on the same day, start Ramadan on the same day, have our family members rejoice and start, you know, all of these things are very natural and part of our human emotions. But at the end of the day, one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is, is, is this feeling that I have, is this, or should it be an arbiter in me deciding what is right and what is wrong? It's interesting you should say that, right? Because I believe and I understand this is part of a, a larger struggle. If, if you see issue of Ramadan, don't think it's just a fiqhi difference between the Muslims, right? There are external actors and players and elements affecting, um, you know, the so-called disunity, the claim to disunity uh, between the Muslims, whether it be on nationalistic lines, different countries, the rulers, the tyrants in the Muslim world, or even in the West, right? So it's not an organic discussion that happens within the Muslims. And as we'll find out amongst the scholarship, um, you know, over the 13th centuries, it was never discussed in the way it is being discussed today uh, and reviewing that. So what I want to say is there's a large struggle, especially in the West, right, really to, to, to undermine young Muslims and Muslims in general, but especially young Muslims in their faith and confidence in Islam and to show and teach and push them to make their mind or the arbiter, um, you know, um, on the halal and haram rather than the Shara of the Quran and the Sunnah. And it's really, really important, right? If we get out of this discussion today, having that clear understanding that the reference point for all of our discussions as Muslims has to be the Quran and Sunnah, and we measure and outweigh all ideas and actions on that basis of scholarly ishtihad and opinions and debate and discussions from the Quran and Sunnah and all its references, then we would have won, I believe, even if we walk away with different opinions on it. Right? But we have to understand that the measure of all actions and ideas for the believers has to be in Islam. It can't be based on public opinion, can't be based on the majority, it can't be based on customs and norms, and it definitely can't be based on what is the easiest, right? Mm. Because that's follow, following whims and desires, mm. right? So it's, re it's a really important point there, and I really appreciate that point there. Alhamdulillah. So given that, um, you know, there, there are examples and there are predominant opinions today, if we want to move on, about how we should start the month of Ramadan and how we should celebrate the Eid or when we should celebrate the Eid. And the predominant opinions are, are well known, right? Yeah. So we have those that claim we must uh, follow local sightings or regional. Okay, mm -hmm. so the moon has to be seen, but every country is within its own region, its own locality. There's the global moon sighters that say any uh, sighting of the moon in any country around the world by a Muslim and it's verified, etc., then it is sufficient enough for the whole ummah to start fasting that month of Ramadan or to celebrate Eid, depending on which end you are at. And the third one really is astronomical calculations. So those that make the claim that you can use the calculations beforehand, even make an announcement a week or months in advance because you, you're not waiting for the physical sighting of the moon um, by looking at the sun sets and the moon sets and the difference between them above the horizon to come up with an approximate, basically a best guess of when one, some of them say around when the moon is born, that is very accurate, but that's not what we're asked to do. But the, the greater opinion is to estimate when the moon can be seen. And within that, Inshallah Ta'ala will have a, a bit more of a discussion that even amongst astronomers in the science of astronomy as well, there's varying differences of opinion on, yeah. on, 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 on those variables. So Inshallah Ta'ala yeah. will have a discussion on those three and Inshallah right, Ta'ala present the evidences for them. Okay, excellent um, question that you've posed. And again, going back to the point that you made earlier, our reference point is the Quran and Sunnah, it's Islam itself. So I think it if, we've, if we're stating that, then it's important for us to begin with the evidences. Absolutely. And then we sort of see how the scholars then interpreted those evidences. Um, so the first uh, evidence, obviously, is the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, شَهْرَ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنَ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِّنَ الْهُدَىٰ وَالْفُرْقَانِ 
فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليصوم right and this is the the last uh, part of that uh, ayah that i just mentioned is what we want to pay attention to so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليصوم that whoever sees the month right then let him fast then let him begin his fast and this is in re- reference to shahada or citing uh, the crescent moon um, also as well we have many ahadith describing this and explaining this um, uh, citing of the moon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in one, one such hadith he says sumu li ru'yatihi wa aftiru li ru'yati fa in ghamma alaykum al hilal fa akmilu iddata sha'ban 30 or in another narration fa in ghubbiya alaykum al hilal so in this hadith the prophet sallallahu he says fast when you see it right and again we'll go into details a bit later on and break your fast when you see it and here the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's using the plural like sumu all of you must fast right sumu li ru'yatihi right by seeing it and again the word ru'ya and what you were saying earlier about us um adhering to islamic principles when trying to defi- define certain terms the word ru'ya is obviously citing it so the prophet sallam is being very specific about the way it's supposed to be cited so he's saying sumu li ru'yatihi wa aftiru li ru'yati right and break your fast when you see it and the rest of the hadith it explains this fa in fa in ghummi alaykum al hilal or in ghubbi alaykum al hilal and if there is something that is obstructing your view like the clouds, clouds rain etc uh, then we should complete um, the 30, 30 days of Sha'ban. And another hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu he says, Right? Do not fast until you see the hilal. Now that's specific. Yes. Right? So one is an Amar, the first one, mm-hmm. to see it. So someone might argue, okay, okay, it's just uh, it's a non decisive command. Yeah. command, right? Yeah. It's a non decisive Amar. But in this hadith, it's mm-hmm. very, very clear. That's right. Okay, do not fast till you see it and do not break your fast until, until you, you see it. it. Now, if I can just stop there, mm-hmm. all right, let's take a, a small pause. In the Shara, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, throughout, for example, the Quran will give us um, commandments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, in the, throughout the Quran, and stand uh, in your prayers, establish the prayer. Um, Hajj is the same you know, situation. The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he came and he clarified the salah here. Right? So the qarina, the evidence associated with the salah. Because salah in the, to the Arabs meant dua in its mm-hmm. literal definition. Meant dua. The Prophet وسلم, came and he clarified the the, the style. Salu yusalli, right? Pray as you see me pray. And it's the five daily prayers with all of its details came, explained by the Prophet Muhammad. وسلم, so he didn't just leave it up to mm-hmm. the believers. And the same with Hajj. If someone wants to come and say, no, you know what? The prayer means something else. He needs an evidence and a mm-hmm. dalil. And so by the same token here, the Prophet ﷺ has shown us very clearly. He's made the statement and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions it in the Quran that it needs to be seen. The Hilal of the new month and the Eid right, mm-hmm. needs to be seen. And the seen means seen. It needs mm-hmm. the eye in this case. For someone to come and say, hang on. It can mean something else. They need an evidence. Mm-hmm. They need a dalil. Otherwise, it's outside of that scope of, you know, the, the language p- permitted within the ishtihad and the usul and the principles. Right? Do I have that correct? Yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah, okay, correct. Cool. And um, actually, if I if we were to continue with this hadith, um, it's you know the Prophet ﷺ, he says لا تفطروا حتى تروه. You know, do not break your fast when you see it. And then he says فإن أغمي عليكم Right. So the Prophet ﷺ, he says, like literally, So fast when you see, uh, don't do not fast until you see it. Uh, do not break your fast until you see it. And if you are your view is obstructed somehow, then determine it. Now, some of the proponents of um, astronomical calculations they will use this as an evidence. They would say. The Prophet ﷺ says, which can mean like, you know, some I've seen some English translations that say calculate, calculate it, calculate it uh, and, and other things where, they, where it insinuates um, that the Prophet ﷺ permitted calculations, right? But when you look at 
the shuruh or the explanations of what the Prophet ﷺ meant by faqdurula, right? Um, we find something very different, right? For example, um, Imam Nawi, rahimahullah, in his Sharh of Sahih Muslim, he states that um, all of the scholars, as salaf wal khalaf, are in agreement ila anna ma'nahu qaddaru lahu tamam al adad 30 yawman. Right? That the what the Prophet meant by faqduru lahu, it means that we should complete the 30 as is explained in that other hadith. As well as the sunnah itself. As well as the sunnah of, of, the, of the Prophet. So, um, again, like you said earlier, we cannot. Um, interpret things by our whims and desires or we cannot trans merely translate things into the English language and make our own determinations it needs to be informed by those those principles that we mentioned those usuli principles that we mentioned in terms of how we interpret language right so that's why Imam Ghazali for example in his uh, Mustasfa uh, when he's talking about Dalalatul Al-Fadh mm -hmm. right the uh, indicators of speech or language he says, because it is a prerequisite for the mujtahid to understand the Arabic language, they had to make it a chapter. It had to be a, a an, oper, an operative force for the mujtahid. He needs to understand the details of the language. Otherwise, he'll come up with the wrong conclusions. So you can't load up language to meet your ends. Right? Yes. You can't give a definition or give a translation, worst, yep. worst case scenario. Right? But even in that space, yep. right, it needs language has rules that's right, right. and it, had, it has guides and it has um you know it's conditions, conditions and correct qualifications so given this so let yep. me let me ask this so in the discussion for example between moon sighting and um, astronomical calculations what is the classical scholarly opinion on it it's an excellent question right this so all of the scholars pretty much all of the scholars are in agreement that um the sighting of the moon needs to be an actual sighting of the moon, right? And um, many scholars, the likes of Ibn Taymiyyah, for example, mentioned that there is ijma on it. There is a scholarly consensus agreeing to the fact that the sighting of the moon must be by by the sight, by the eye itself, and, that and not done by cal calculations. Correct. Okay. So by the sight, and not and, and it's specific. Because yeah. when you look into the scholarly discussion, because this mm. is not a new discussion, yeah. calculations has been something discussed from very early on amongst yeah. the ulama and the scholars and they have positions on yeah. it right so and you know what like um I, I think also as well we we not missing we misinterpret and also as well we we sort of flippantly disregard the scientific knowledge they had at the time of the prophet right, right? they you know at the time of the prophet and also as well the generations afterwards right the they, were the, at the forefront, at, at the of, forefront astronomy of astronomy, right? And they had, they they could calculate a lot of things. They studied the celestial bodies, and um, they understood how the solar system worked and operated. They understood that the Earth was um, orbiting around the sun, and that the moon was orbiting around the Earth, and that it had its different cycles and seasons, and that the moon would hit the sun uh, hit the sun at a certain angle, and therefore be visible. Um, at, at certain times, so they understood very deeply, right? This astronomical knowledge, and with that, the scholars still adhered to what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had mentioned. And, and just, said, yeah, go go and so just to, to name a few, right? So Imam Nawawi rahimahullah he mentions in his Kitab al-Majmu' that anyone who claims or anyone who uses astronomical cal calculations, فَقَوْلُهُ مَرْدُود right? He says that his saying is rejected. بِقَوْلِهِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ By the saying of the Prophet صلى الله عليه إِنَّا أُمَّةٌ أُمِّيَّةٌ لَا نَكْتُبُ وَلَا نَحْسُبُ No. Right? الشَّهْرُ هَكَذَا وَهَكَذَا Right? The Prophet صلى الله عليه So Imam Nawi says that the the opinion or the saying that an astronomer can somehow calculate uh, the the crescent moon, this is rejected. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ said that verily we are an illiterate ummah. We do not write, we do not calculate. And he pointed at his 
um, 10, 10, 10, 10 9, 9 yep, and 30. So they're 29 days and 30 days. These are how they, and many other scholars as well, right? It'll be, it will take all night if we, if we were to mention. So Ibn Abidin, for example, amongst the Hanafis, he mentioned as well, لا يعتبر قولهم, that we do not acknowledge their, uh, their opinion or their statement. Right? And it is not allowed for the astronomer to act upon his opinion. So this is Ibn Abidin. Even if he adopts it himself. Imam Nawawi, even if he adopts it himself. So we find even so even so so we find even the, the Hanafi opinion, the Maliki, the Hanabila, mm-hmm. um, or Re- reject that and, 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 and they obligate the, the, the physical sighting of the moon and even the I think I believe the Muhammad or the Shafi'is do mm-hmm. um, but the difference in that is some of them accept yes. a so, local but here we're just talking about the, the yeah. sighting of the moon yeah right a, a, and to add to the sighting of the moon we're mm-hmm. also saying okay even using mm-hmm. um, and uh, a visual aid so mm-hmm. glasses if you wear yep. glasses you can still see if you're using a telescope you can still utilize that because the eye is still seen. That's right. And so um, the shara doesn't um, negate or it doesn't prohibit us using optical aids in order to, to sight the moon. So we can use, you know, science and technology and all of these different uh, things in order to ha- help and aid us to ascertain the sighting of the moon. Right. So now we have these amazing telescopes that are able to um, you know, see faraway galaxies, etc. Um, you know, uh, I watched an ad about the um, the Samsung S twenty Ultra or something that was able to zoom twenty, you know, twenty times. So amazing technology that we have uh, these days. There's no problem. Was that an endorsement? Was that an endorsement? Yeah, this is not an endorsement for, for Samsung, by the way. Or those iPhone users out there going to be upset? But the point is, right, that they uh, we we can use these technologies, and they've used them in the past. Like we've said, like we've had a strong history, strong uh, legacy of uh, progress and advancement in the fields of science and technology, and by all means, we can use this. But we have to adhere to the Sharia principles. Does um, that mean? Does that mean now, Muslims should be, uh, you know, Islam asks us to to resist technological advancement. All right, we're going to remain unlettered, ignorant, okay, very riding good. camels. So it's a, it's a, it's a question well, people ask. You know, very very good. You know, the um, so one of the things as well within the the current literature regarding the the sighting of the moon, and the um, proponents or those who endorse. Um, astronomical calculations. One of the evidences they use is this evidence here, that Imam Nawawi uses to state that their their statement is rejected. Right. So they say that the Prophet says, "Inna ummatun ummiyatun la naktubu wa la nahsub." Right. So they say that the Prophet said that verily we are an illiterate nation. We don't write and we don't calculate. What they state is that. In the 21st century, Muslims, alhamdulillah, we are very literate, right? We are able to read, we are able to write. Uh, therefore, by extension, we are able to cal- calculate because they've taken the legal reason uh, from this hadith to be literacy or illiteracy, Correct. right? So they make it an illa. They've made it an illa, right? And this is incorrect, right? So this goes against some of the usuli principles that we were talking about so for our listeners out there is a sharia reason as to why something has a particular hukum that's right and therefore you can extrapolate it onto a different hukum so if you remove the illa so if you said now we're no longer illiterate therefore the ruling doesn't apply we can calculate that's correct that's the implication that's correct that's the that's the implication now one of the things that we have to understand like you said before the, the illa has its conditions, it has its prerequisites, it has its qualifications. And when we look at um, this hadith and the wording of this hadith and the other evidences, uh, we find that it doesn't meet those conditions, right? And the reason being is we have that other hadith where the Prophet has, has mentioned and specified that we have to fast when we see it and we break our fast when we see it. And also as well, we have other examples uh, in the Quran, where if you use the same principles that or the same approach that they're using, you would come up with some very 
strange conclusions, right? So for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ خَشْيَةَ إِمْلَاقٍ Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He says, Do not kill your children in fear of poverty. Right? Now, if we were to apply, apply that same approach that they've used to this hadith of إِنَّا أُمَّةٌ أُمِّيَّةٌ If we were to use that same approach, we would say that if we didn't fear the poverty of our children, then it, we, we could kill them. It's permitted. Right? Okay. Like COVID-19 now, we're in lockdown. Our kids are driving us nuts and absolutely <laughs> mad. <laughs> right? Uh, they're running amok around their house. I'm allowed to kill them. Why? Because... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you know do not kill do not kill your children out of fear of poverty I'm not doing it out of fear of poverty I'm doing it because of COVID-19 right so no. this is this is the, the reasoning behind but we know that this yeah this is the the, the opposite understanding that we get from it but no we have another ayah of the Quran right Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Right, so um, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran He says whoever kills a believer Then his destiny it's qualified. is It's yeah, qualified, it's qualified and it's contextualized His, his uh, destination is Jahannam Another example as well Right, um, in the Quran With regards to riba uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لا تأكل riba أضعافا مضاعفا Right, he says do not eat riba Doubled right, or multiplied now does that mean if I don't eat riba multiplied and doubled, right? So let's say for example when the riba is shaykh yasir, right? Like one one percent or something like this, it's it's not a problem. No, right? Because we have another uh, ayah of the Quran, riba, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted trade and has made haram. So what you're saying is we can't just take one hadith, interpret it with our definition. In absence of all the other evidences which clarify That's correct it. So we so we can't, subhanAllah So it's not in this case going to be taqsis mm -hmm. right, of, the, of general text Rather it's clarified by all the other texts yep. And so a sincere scholar really needs to look at it in, in, in that light yep. And if I can take you away Okay, so on this When I look, when we look to those who propagate the idea of astronomical calculations I see two types of people One is the sincere scholar who really uses tries to use a Sharia evidence, even mm. if it's this one, this mm. one using Qiyas, right? Finding the Allah in the text, mm. saying there's a, a correlation. Okay, that's Shubhat al-Dalil. There's an evidence behind that. Okay, so we'll put that one aside. Okay, despite us believing it's a, it's, it's a weak interpretation, the classical scholars over 1300 years have all said it's, it's a weaker interpretation. But then we find the other uh, view, which is predominant today, which is the argument that, look, now we're in the 21st century, the Muslims shouldn't be backward, we, we, we should have respect for knowledge and ilm, and we shouldn't be declined, and still we're not riding donkeys anymore, riding cars, like, look, let's get into the 21st century, right? And this is a very, very dangerous idea. This is a very dangerous idea. It attributes backwardness to Islam and to the Prophet Because mm -hmm. we know the Arabic language is very rich. Mm -hmm. yeah, those that study the Quran, you don't even have to study the Quran, you understand, you know, from the rich scholarly history um, and the tafsir and sharh of Quran and hadith, how rich the Arabic language is. And so when the Prophet وسلم, specifically chose a word, yeah, fast, when you see it, um, you can't say the Prophet وسلم, in his time and place didn't know you, you're able to calculate it in the future and there's a way to do it, but it's a lot easier. It's specific. Yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had instructed the Prophet and guided him to this. So we have to remain within the realms. We, we, we're not beyond the hikmah of, mm -hmm. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's very much like, um, you know, those that claim, oh, let's get with the 21st century when, when it comes to all things Islam. Because we mm -hmm. erode Islam away. Like, for example, zina, yeah. adultery. So we know very clearly adultery requires four witnesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, four witnesses. Um, or there's another evidence, which is someone confesses. Or the third one, which is a non-married woman becomes pregnant, right? Yeah. All, all three indicate adultery. In absence of them, in absence of them, you can't issue the leave uh, la'an, that's a confession, yeah. right? You cannot issue the punishment of it. 
But if someone comes and says, look, I saw this person commit adultery. No, he's punished. That's right. He's a single person, comes mm. by himself. Then he comes back and he says, oh, hang on, I've got, believe me, I definitely know what I saw. Go use DNA testing. Or I've got CCTV footage. That's rejected in the shara. Mm. Even if you can determine it's, it's stronger, but that's not what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has requested in this space, right? right? So those that say, look, our calculations are spot on, which they're not, yes. because there's lots of debate and discussion about that, right? That is not what has been requested from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, via His Prophet instruct us very clearly to fast when we see it. So start mm -hmm. the month of Ramadan and celebrate Eid when it's seen again, mm -hmm. yeah, for the month of Shawwal. So that's a really, really important point. Um, and, and, and those arguments seek to undermine Islam, even if they don't realize that that's what's happening to it. Because it it takes the youth who are trying to follow this based on Islam, based on the Shara, trying to reference and everything according yeah, to Islam. And dismisses them and says that they're backward. Right. If they do end up following it, they're backward, Correct. they're characterized as being Correct. Um, that's right. not modern. That's right. And, um, and look, and I'll say this entire discussion today in this space, is not one that was driven internally by the Ummah. Mm. So this discussion about calculations and about unity of the Ummah and getting us all together, mm. it's not one It's not one that scholars have sat down after 13 centuries of scholarship with this position of, of citing, in particular global citing, but we'll get to that, right? The scholars did not sit down and say, you know what, let's perform ishtihad, and we found they were wrong. Rather, it's been driven by external factors. Yeah. Right, and and some of those factors really are pressures upon the ummah, the reality of the ummah that, that we find ourselves yeah. subjugated under kufr, both in the Muslim world and in the West. And, you know, when and to please others, to ease yeah. difficulty from yeah. us. So it's not driven purely by scholarship Look, you're, itself. You're absolutely right, especially um, in our next point of discussion when we're talking about the differences of opinion amongst the scholars with regards to uh, regional and global moon sighting. Uh, we find that a lot of today's discussion within this context, within, okay, let's put astronomy aside, within the context of the regional and the global moonsiders, it's that discussion is still informed by, by these very ideas that have uh, invaded the Muslim mind, right? Such as nationalism. And the boundaries right? placed by the colonialists. Exactly. Right? Not by us. Right. So uh, with regards to the regional moon sighting, in general, the Mu'tamad of the Shafi'iyah, they state that if i can stop you yes because that's a beautiful discussion mm -hmm. i want to ask one more question before we move to that point okay. because that's a really important point yeah a sincere question so we're talking yeah. about citing mm -hmm. all right versus astronomical calculations and we yes. already said okay look um you know are we is islam averse to using technology no we use technology we said mm -hmm. right we use technology to help us to guide us to know where to look yeah but we don't use technology to replace the shara Yes. Right. So we're allowed to say, okay, what do the astronomers say? What do the charts say, right? Of where I should be looking, but I still have to cite it because that's the sunnah. Mm -hmm. But there's another sincere question, really, and it, mm -hmm. and it comes up a lot, and, and and one which is asked: Why are we not allowed to to calculate the moon sightings or, or viability of moon sightings when we use calculations for all of our daily prayers? That's an excellent question, uh, Sudad. Um, so with regards to uh, sighting of the moon and the beginning and the ending of prayer times, they are two separate issues with two separate evidences. Okay, so with regards to the sighting of the moon or with the beginning of Ramadan and the starting of fasting and the ending of the month and the beginning of the, the month of Shawwal, this the entrance and the obligation of fasting begins by sighting the moon because the prophet ﷺ said right fast when you see it so the sabab right or the uh, cause for the obliga obligation coming into play is uh, me sighting the moon or getting a legitimate witness to come and tell me that the moon has been sighted Okay. That's a Sabbath. That's a so cause. That's, that's a, a trigger. That's the legal cause. It's and again, this is part of our Usuli terminology, right? When we study Usul, one of the, the chapters that we learn is about the Sabbath. No. What is the Sabbath? What is the cause? A legal cause. Um, when we look at the prayer times, it's different. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He didn't say, Aqimu salah li ru'yati azawal, for example, no. right? He didn't say, establish the prayer when, uh, when the the, the sun is at its zenith, 
for example, for Salat al-Dhuhr. When you see the Salat right? al-Dhuhr. You know? Yeah, when you see it. Yeah, he didn't say sorry, that. Sorry, I, I didn't say that. Okay, but I said it in Arabic. No, no you said it okay, in Arabic. Okay, sorry, I apologize. I do that sometimes. But what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He says, Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He mentions and established the prayer at the decline of the sun. No. Right? So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making the sabab of the salah, the entrance of the time. Right? So, Which so. can be established via citing it. Right, you can you can cite the uh, the sun and that it's the sunset. Yes, so the sun setting. Right? Yeah. So sun set yes, right, is a trigger for maghrib. That's right. Right, and so whatever means you can uh, you can establish the point. Establish yeah. the point, then you would, uh, um, sorry, the salah would be binding upon you. Right. So, for example, with regards to calculating, um, uh, you know. Uh, where the sun will be at a certain time, for example, Salat al uh, Maghrib, we know is around 5:30 ish uh, nowadays in Australia. We can determine that through calculations. And again, as well, an important point is our reference point here is the Sharia. It's what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran, right? And what the Prophet has mentioned in the Sunnah, and shown us in the Sunnah, and demonstrated Demonstrate. to us in the Sunnah. Um, so what and, you're saying is yeah. the sabab for the month of Ramadan is the citing that's the right. because we were commanded to cite and then it triggers the month of Ramadan yes the suburb of the Salah there's no command to cite yep. the sun setting it's the command that when the sun has set then Maghrib is in play yes for example and the same with Dhuhr yeah. and Asr right we, we don't have to go out there daily yeah. to witness one and a half lengths of shadow or two lengths of shadow that's right, right etc that's correct we can calculate yeah we know when that length of shadow is going to take yes. place therefore the solid time takes that's, place that's correct and um, an, another important or interesting point anyway to me is that with regards to calculating calculating the prayer, the prayer times they can be done to a certain amount of accuracy right um it, when you when you talk to astronomers scientists in the field of uh, you know studying where the sun is and where it's going to be at what time etc uh to a certain degree of accuracy they can get that precision with regards to it the prayer time precise, yes. uh whereas it's not the same case with the sighting of the crescent moon yeah they can, there's they, a very large difference so some yeah, some right. of the astro yeah, astronomers will claim it can be sighted you know after a a number of hours and others said no we're talking about 15 16 hours etc or after its birth yeah so from the moon birth etc so there's a varying degree of of assumptions being made into all the models that we use yeah and and not only that even when we're talking about the difference between sunset and moonset you know when we go out to sight the moon all right so some of the calculators use that difference so some would argue the point that 46 47 minutes between a sunset and moonset is required for you to be able to see the moon mm -hmm. on the new month but we've seen that contradicted many times like it happened recently in indonesia right those using uh power telescopes were able to sight the moon despite those charts saying it's a almost impossibility yeah right so that's not a clear-cut science in that yeah if and anything look, it's uh, just uh, a, I've got a helper a, yeah. uh, and i've got a quote here uh, by dr d mcnally of the london university observatory right um, Dr. McNally states, I am sorry to say there is no scientific way, I think, in which the requirements of Islam can be met at the moment with regards to the sighting of the crescent moon. Um, because there are a lot of different factors, uh, Suda, to be taken into consideration. Uh, so they can calculate the birth of the new moon, for example, yep. to a very exact uh, degree, right? But the new moon is what? It's when you see nothing in the sky. The Prophet ﷺ is talking about the Hilal, right, which is the crescent moon, right, which there are so many um, different uh, factors that are at play in the sighting of, of the moon, right? It's about the, um, the, the, uh, the uh, where, you know, when the sun sets and when, when the moon set is. Right, so and the, and the time difference the between the two, the distance above the horizon, the distance behind the, the horizon, of light, the clear views, the atmosphere—it's all of these other different factors which need to be taken into okay, consideration, so which doesn't make an, an exact science. Look, we establish, we establish, yeah. and we know the scholarship, right? Yeah. And what they say about the, the astronomical calculation—they say leave it. It's, uh, you know, to show you 
the extent to which some scholars went, right? Yeah. And it's not not our adoption, but like even in Imam Nawawi's uh, tafsir talks about um, those that use the calculation, those scholars that use the calculation, mm. like went so, the debate went so mm. harsh between them, mm. they said, don't pray behind him. Mm. Like, like Imam Qurtubi, you mean? Oh, uh, yes, yeah. uh, my, my apologies. Uh, Imam Malik. Malik, Sorry, Malik Imam Qurtubi quoting Imam Malik. Imam Malik, that's correct. So to show you how harsh they were on each other, yeah. right, in, in respect. So let, let's make the assumption, okay, alhamdulillah, not the assumption. It's it's pretty clear from both the textual evidence and its reality um, that the citing is required. But now we get to the other discussion. Inshallah ta'ala, we're going yes. to try, make sure we cover this before the end. And, and, yeah. and that is local citing versus global yes. right how, how do we argue that point right because we said the evidence is to see it right Sumu yeah. right and the very implications when we're talking about language mm -hmm. very implications about you know Sumu right so you know can you comment a little bit more about the text and the implication is it to an individual do each and every one of us mm -hmm. need to cite the moon and go out every night before we uh, fast the month of Ramadan. Okay. What Ex happens? Excellent, excellent question. Um, with regards to um, the taking the testimony of someone that's already cited it, this is established in the, at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, right? In the hadith of Ibn Abbas, where an Arabi came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he and he said that I saw the hilal, right? I saw the hilal, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said. Uh, Right? Do you bear witness and testify that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is there? Are you a Muslim? Are you Muslim? Are you Muslim? He goes, Naam. And the Prophet said, then we're fasting. Okay, so this was uh, the testimony of someone that the Prophet took. Right? And there are many uh, there are other hadiths as well that are like this. So the implication here is, is firstly, the Prophet Muhammad had not seen the moon. So at the beginning of the month of Ramadan, so at the end of the month of Sha'ban, they've gone out on the okay. 29th, as the Sunnah demands. They've gone out, they did not sight the moon. So the next day, they didn't consider at Ramadan. It was the 30th of, Sh of Sha'ban. Sha Throughout that day, mm -hmm. a Bedouin comes mm -hmm. and says, hang on, we were traveling yep. from a distance overnight, and we just arrived here at Medina today. And we saw the moon last night. We saw the Hilal. Mm -hmm. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam verified. Are you a Muslim? He mm -hmm. said yes. You testify you saw it? He said yes. So the Prophet Sallallahu okay, commanded the Muslims to stop eating in the middle of the day. Mm. Stop eating to, and to start fasting on that day. And they would make up for that day after Ramadan. Yes. Right? So, we, look, yeah. so look, we have as well um, other ahadith that... Uh, direct us to the same point, right? So we have the hadith where um, a group from the Ansar, uh, they narrate, and this is with regards to the Hilal of Shawwal, right? So this is the end ending of Ramadan. And this is uh, an evidences that uh, the global moonsiders, they use um, to reassert their point, which is that we sh if one sighting happens around the world, then this is enough for everyone else. Um, and this, ha this hadith is narrated by um, a group of um, sorry, it was It was uh, a group of Ansar. They stated, They say that the um, Hilal of Shawwal was obstructed from us. And so that we remained fasting. Meaning that they were fasting on the 30th of Ramadan. No. Right? Um, and a traveler came at the end of the day. Right? فَشَهِدُوا عِنْدَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ أَنَّهُمْ رَأُوا الْهِلَالِ Right? And then they bear testimony that they had witnessed the Hilal of Shawwal the day before. Right? So on the, on the 29th, when we are ordered to go out and to sight the new moon, they had sighted it. Right? Where the Prophet Sallallahu didn't. So they completed where, where the month as Where the Prophet didn't in Medina. Okay. Right? So the Madanis that were in Medina at the time with the Prophet Sallallahu they had gone out on the 29th. They didn't sight the, the new moon of Shawwal. And so they continued to fast on the 30th no. right, of Ramadan. So a group of travelers come to Medina from outside of Medina. And they come to the Prophet and said, we sighted the moon last night. right? Meaning that 
today is going to be the first of Shawwal. It's the day of Eid. Eid, which right? is a haram day. That's right. So, فَأَمَرَهُمْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ أَيُفْتِرُوا ثُمَّ يَخْرُجُوا لِعِيدِهِمْ مِنَ الْغَدِ Right, and this is uh, narrated in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad. Right, so the Prophet he then ordered the companions to break their fast, right? So they were fasting and he was akhir in nahar. This was, this was towards the end of the day. He said, break your fast and then we'll go out to pray Eid the next day. Okay, so this is a clear-cut evidence that uh, the Prophet took the testimony of a people that were outside of Medina and based and commanded the companions to break their fast based on their testimony. Okay, so we've got okay. two very clear examples. And this is the beauty of the yeah. sunnah. It clarifies everything for us. So yeah. at the beginning of the month of Ramadan, if they weren't able to see it, but somewhere else, knowledge yes. came, alam came from somewhere else outside of that city, that they saw it, then it was commanded upon them to start fasting. Mm -hmm. And even though they had already woken up and eaten yeah. and gone about their day, they started fasting the rest of that day but because it was a half day they made up for it later yeah. and likewise at the end of the month of Ramadan they didn't see the moon therefore they said okay we can't celebrate Eid but knowledge came to them later so much late that they were already fasting the day the Prophet ﷺ commanded them to break their fast and celebrate the Eid the next day which is and Sunnah yeah okay? so like you know the the argument from the practicality perspective right so people will often say that um you know, this is this is impractical, etc. Um, uh, you know, you uh, you know, how how are you meant to inform the people when, when something's been communications? Yeah, today, everyone's got messages, internet yeah. details of it. No exactly. one. But even yeah. if even if, for example, we were to get it the next after day, the next day, for example, labats. Okay, you just you continue you, you fast the rest of the day but you perform it's, simple. it's simple. very very simple it's very very, very good simple. okay so let's okay. move along along a little okay. bit inshallah we're not going to be far from the end yes. we know we, we've got issues so when we talk about localized sightings or regional sightings of, of the moon we want to know on what basis they're done right so yeah. the claim is unfortunately is um, it's usually done on nationalistic lines yes. and these lines are not in conformance with islam but yeah. okay like if someone says it's got to be based on region and I take a hadith but we'll take that mm -hmm. so I'd say not a problem that's mm -hmm. an the opinion yes you want to take that not a problem that's the understanding mm -hmm. but describe to me on where the limits are some of the yeah. scholars they discuss the limits of travel yes or where they share a night and a day or a part yeah. of it etc but these days Australia and I'll give you an yeah. example Australia like we're, we're told we fast together as one group because we're one country. But the distance between Darwin and Indonesia is much shorter than like uh, Melbourne and, and, and Tasmania or Melbourne and New Zealand. Like why uh, is there that inconsistency? Sydney to Western Australia is 4,000 kilometers. But Sydney to New Zealand is only 2,200. But we don't fast with New Zealand, but we accept to fast with Perth and Perth sightings. So there's a disconnect here and it's yep. not based upon um, you know, Islamic yeah. injunctions. I, I think this is a, a very important point, and it's a, a point that um, the regional moonsiders uh, need to answer. Like this is a, um, a, a very important point because when the fuqaha of the past, especially Asadatul Fuqaha al Shafi'i, I ascribe myself to the Shafi'i Madhab, when they discussed ikhtilaf al Matali' that no. each uh, region should have its own sighting. There are various aqwal, right? There are various sayings amongst the fuqaha concerning the distance, right? So, uh, in the early scholarship, you just mentioned they just really mentioned ikhtilaf al matali, and then later on they began to expound upon it, right? So, some said that it was 144 kilometers, right, distance apart, um, whilst others later uh, Shafi'i scholars, for example, uh, Imam Nawi al Bantani al Jawi, right, who's uh, Shafi'i scholar of Indonesian heritage, he said that what needs to be taken into consideration is the longitude, right, or the uh, the longitudinal longitudinal position of a region, right. So, for example, you have um, what's that country? Green, Greenland. Greenland. Yeah, Greenland, and you have Brazil. They're on the same longitudinal line. No. So, whatever siding is taken from the north also applies to the south. Right, and likewise as well, this would also apply to the different longitudinal regions uh, throughout the world. Now, with the application of 
of, of this principle can do we need to or can we say that uh, this is what is what is being applied now no it no, isn't no it isn't so it's very clearly it isn't unfortunately yeah um and, and look what i will say there is there are absolute political ramifications behind this right uh, affecting all men and the argument that you know some people look we need to unite with the muslims let's all unite under one opinion but unity for for the muslims is based upon the strongest of evidence right you unite on the strongest evidence not unite for the sake of unity because local unity means nothing if you imagine if you have even hypothetically everyone in australia fasting on the right the same day how is that um achieving unity when the rest of the ummah is on various different days yeah. and, and there are many examples where we see in the muslim world especially it's deliberately done and announced such that by the tyrants and their muftis in the muslim world uh, those government scholars really to ensure that there is political disunity amongst the muslims mm -hmm. right so whether it be in jordan yeah. and in palestine but and I think they yeah. share a close border or yemen and saudi yeah. or syria and lebanon right yeah. how can that be considered and I different lands yeah and I, and I think as well you're, you're bringing up a very important point which is that this idea of unity can never really happen as the people have sort of formulized it in their minds this will never happen until you have that central unity which is the khalifa which is the khalifa, khalifa. Of, the, of the muslims because we know the principle الخلاف, no. that what the imam has mandated it would lift any khilaf, disagreement, disagreement, any disagreement. everyone fast he announces the the month of ramadan that's and right. everyone does that's right and so until you have that central authority in the embodiment of a state or as embodied by a state you will not get because they have the authority to apply it, unity. right? Yes. So, right. So, so, which is very different to the situation we have today. Mm -hmm. An imam's board, a council, a group, a movement, anyone that makes an announcement today, it's it's totally um, not, um, you know, it's not enforceable, mm -hmm. right? So that, that unity mm -hmm. will never take place. People are always going to have different opinions, etc. Yeah. So we need to understand the bigger picture here, yeah. right? And, and there's a bigger issue at play because the unity required of the ummah is unity in it, of ramadan in its beginning and end and unity of our lands unity under one khalifa unity you know of the aqidah of islam the difference of opinion of valid ishtihads is permitted but what we're saying it seems to be saying is the scholarship right in the history amongst the, the ulama is that these astronomical calculations announcing ramadan days weeks months in advance is not part of the body of work amongst the scholars where it's an acceptable ishtihad or mm. um, except for that small defined area where there's a shubah of dalil mm. around the interpretation of the illah associated with the hadith and even um, you know the other point there so yeah. let me go to the next point inshallah ta'ala before we're about to the wrap last it up point? the last point inshallah second last okay the hadith and we mentioned very quickly about ibn abbas we said that mm -hmm. This hadith, so we're talking about, did we mention Ibn Abbas um, and he sent, uh, so this is used in, in, in the Shafi'i fiqh. Oh, the, the hadith um, of Quraib, you mean? Quraib, sorry, of, of Quraib in his discussion yes, with so, Ibn Abbas. So what happened, yeah. if I can summarize, yes, yes, yes. is that uh, Quraib was sent to Muawiyah and Bilad the Sham at mm -hmm. the time, um, who witnessed the month of Ramadan start on a Friday night, yes, yes because they witnessed the moon. He finished his business and traveled back to Medina mm -hmm. and he spoke to a month Ibn, later, yeah. yeah, so at the end of towards the end of the month. Yeah. And he said to Ibn Abbas, um, he said, We started on Friday. When did you start? They said, No, we didn't see it till Saturday. Mm -hmm. And he said, Okay, so you've missed the day. Mm -hmm. He said, Are you going to adjust it? And he said, No. Right? Yes. And he said, Isn't Muawiyah's um citing, know, citing sufficient it? enough for you? Mm -hmm. He said, No. This is um the way the Prophet um the word used was uh um this is what he what he, he commanded he commanded this is the way the prophet yeah. commanded it mm -hmm. and so some take that as being the hadith that says okay every region so yeah. medina and syria yeah. and bilad the sham were totally separate everyone sick to themselves yeah and there are two points here yeah. one is the scholars when they discuss this mm. all right said firstly a lot of them said that's not a hadith of the prophet that's an, an a ishtihad and a valid ishtihad yeah. not a problem of Ibn Abbas mm -hmm. and secondly 
they said even if it is, it cannot specify and overwrite all the other evidences of a hadith. No mushtahid can do that of Quran and Sunnah. Yeah. And so to clarify, so it so cannot that's, that's specify the, the citing. Yeah. That's that right. is the retort of the Jumhur on the Shafi'iyah on this point. Um, but at the same time, we want to acknowledge that this is a legitimate ijtihad as well. No. Okay, so by us stating that okay, there are these issues with the evidence, right, and that some have said that this is the ijtihad of Ibn Abbas, it cannot override or specify a general text from the Quran and Sunnah. By us saying that, we're not saying that, okay, we're dismissing, um, you know, 1300 years of scholarship within the Shafi'i school of thought. By all means, no. But we're just saying that this is the scholarly discussion that is that had happened between the ulama based on ijtihad, based on the Quran and Sunnah, and these are the conclusions that they came up They're with. Right and this is the whole point, right? Which is that any discussion, going back to our very first uh, point, has to be based on the Quran and the Sunnah. No. Anything external that you come up with, you need to come with a basis in the Quran and Sunnah. And if you don't, then okay. there's no point. All right. So now we're getting to the final point, right? Practicality. So I'm going to say, okay, look, it's so impractical. First and foremost, what I want to say about... Yeah. The argument of practicality is one, it shouldn't be a discussion when we're talking about the halal and haram. Mm -hmm. right? If Allah commands it, we find a way to do it. The second point is, if the current crisis grip in the world of coronavirus is anything to go by, anything can be done. I know workplaces, businesses, economies could not operate from home prior to this, but necessity mm -hmm. forced them to find a way. The third point is, we made, we had a discussion about how easy it is to announce it. So any Muslim anywhere in the world, Right? Because the moon is one moon. It's like you can't say today is Tuesday because the sun came up and the rest of the world says, no, nah, you know what? We're taking it as Wednesday because it's cloudy above us. Right? If the moon has been seen anywhere, whether it missed you and got seen two hours later, right? Or it got seen before you were able to see it and it rained over you, okay? That's the same moon. It's the Hilal. It's born, it's visible, it's there over the Muslims. Therefore, the announcement can come very easily, very simply to set up. Institutions right, around the world that everyone automatically gets that information and we announce it to the people and we hold the Jummah or mm. we hold the Salah and the mm. Eid prayers very simply. Yeah. And that's the obligation. If the knowledge came too late and people can't set it up, it's permitted, we've seen among some of the scholars, to hold it the following day, the mm. Eid prayers. But as long as we are not fasting on Eid, for example, mm. and as long as we are not um, eating on the day of Ramadan, right, mm. like at the beginning and at its end. And coming to say that now, we want to say, look, there are groups around the world that has the been one mm -hmm. where we have a global effort to cite the moon where we have reports from all, you know, all corners of the globe. And it's a centralized effort where information is reviewed, it's, it's acknowledged, it's, um, it's, it's tested right, by, by specialists in the field. Okay, to see whether it's a correct sighting and what type of sighting was it, where was it seen, what did it look like, etc. And an announcement is made every um, you know, uh, Ramadan at its beginning and at its end for its Eid globally by um, 10.30 or 11 p.m. Medina time. And we, do, we announce it on our website. So that's one way that the people can say, look, I don't know many people. And, and there are other global or, or groups that, that are collectively put their efforts together to mm -hmm follow the, the global moon site in as well. So, so it can be done mm -hmm. and it is available out there. And inshallah ta'ala, like in other years, we we also um, ask people to subscribe to the web page, mm -hmm. um, to the HT Hizb tahrir Australia mm -hmm. um, Facebook page, as well as the global Hizb tahrir page where the announcements are made live mm -hmm. um, at that night to let you know whether the following day is going to be Eid or not. Now, 11 p.m. Medina time is around 5 a.m. Sydney time, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so again, we've said, even if it comes late, following the shara is the imperative here, and, and that's what's important yep. for us. And, and we have we have clear cut cut examples from the time of the Prophet Sallallahu where this happened, and they broke their fast, they prayed Eid the next day. That's not a that's that's not an issue. It makes it very easy. So let's not complicate it. Let's not that's make it right. difficult. The most important factor is that we have this discussion in an air of sincerity and honesty. So let's make sure. And, and there's no harm in asking people for evidence. Even a sheikh or scholars of Umar was accounted by a woman and he acknowledged his error immediately, then anyone else can be 
asked sincerely, what is the evidence upon which you're doing this? And, and that will avoid the confusion that the people are having. Um, and it will teach the Muslims, especially the youth, of how to view others with a different opinion, mm -hmm. rather than uh, basing, uh, you know, or having a hatred or enmity in their hearts. Oh, these people are misguided, these people are Dalaila, these people are Ahl Bid'a, like words that we hear yeah. going around, unfortunately. So, inshallah ta'ala, equip them with knowledge and ilm about had the process and the differences of opinion, the valid differences of opinion, and, and those which the scholars said otherwise. Mm -hmm. And inshallah ta'ala, the Muslim Ummah can move forward. And in the end, in the end, even if your parents and your sisters and your brothers and your cousins fast mm -hmm. or break their fast on a different day, that's fine. Take mm -hmm. it easy, step back. It's not going to be solved, like mm -hmm. we said, unless we have the unity, the true unity under the Khalifa. That's right. Inshallah. All right. So, we ask look. Allah wa Ramadan and um, forgive us for our sins. And make it a fruitful, productive uh, Ramadan where we are standing in, in salah during the nights, fasting yeah. during the days. And Allah Amen. wa Ta'ala accept this uh, effort from us, Inshallah. Um, and May Allah reward you. Look, Jazakallah khairan, Sheikh. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward our listeners for, for staying with us. Amen. We did take a little bit of extra time, but alhamdulillah, look, it's an important topic, and inshallah, there, there will be many fruits from it, and, and hopefully, some of our listeners out there will, will benefit from it, inshallah, and share it with others. Jazakallah khairan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you all. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka.